cost drifted alarmingly in the betting was, you know, fancy in the morning continued to drift. It was late on the on the exchanges to, to lose. It was something you'd see in a, in a Dick Francis novel, Charles Bottoms. The ground is soft, it's not... It's oh, not, it's heavy. Soft on times. It's it heavy. heavy. Okay. Hello and a big warm welcome to the Bastards Inquiry Sunday Sermon. Crack, crackerjack of the show we've got for you this week. We're actually tipping, which is a very rare occurrence uh, for us Bastards on a Sunday. We tend to just talk rubbish and not, not and, and that's it really. But but no, we've got two cork corking tips for you. John's got the best one. You'll be very excited for these. These aren't idiot picks. These are good prices. So make sure you, you stay tuned when we get to those. So joining me as usual is John. Good good afternoon, John. And good afternoon, Chris Lorne Malver. Good afternoon. Yes. Good afternoon, everybody. We're here to chew the fat on some racing topics, answer your questions and, and comments, which uh, I've got wrote down here. And obviously, we're going to start off by going through the two key races uh, of the weekend. Not, not, none of the, none of, none of the Shergar Cup nonsense. Rubbish. Absolute rubbish. We'll just get to the point where people want to know, and these are the races of interest. That's the uh, Phoenix Sprint that took place at the Cour on Saturday, and the Maurice de Geest uh, Deauville uh, today uh, was 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 won by uh, 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 Highfield Princess, the the the, 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 the filly. So, so we're, we're going to review these now, John. And uh, we're going to start with the Phoenix Sprint at the Curragh on Saturday. And a very, very impressive win from Little Big Bear. Really impressive. What I noted, it's whether it's my eyes deceiving me or playing tricks, but size form came into play. It's as if Little Big Bear has been growing and growing and growing, being in the greenhouse, and the others haven't. It's like one minute he was a Little Big Bear and now he's a Big Big Bear. Big big bear. I mean, I mean, I, I want to get your thoughts on 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 him physically because he looks like he's he's quite barrel chested. He's quite, you know, he, he's he's got all the attributes to be a real cracking three year old. He's really deep, isn't he? And uh, he, he's seriously well put together. I mean, it kind of reminded me of Miginski when Miginski was taking on to, other two year old. You know, I mean, it's like a like an eagle next to a load of sparrows. Yeah. Have a better expression. He, he's thoroughly muscled up and he kind of looks like a three-year-old already sort of thing. You know, I mean, he, he doesn't look like the, the type of two-year-old that'll say that'll make up into a nice one, get a winter under his belt, because he's already a nice one. Yeah. And, and, and it was mentioned on this show when we were reviewing uh, the Anglesey and... and I did mention that the 12 or 14 to 1, I've seen worse guineas bets at that time after the Anglesey and looking at the sectionals. Obviously, it's not that now. It's a best price, 5 to 1 for the guineas, which is obviously a lot less appealing to most people, I would imagine. But what, where where does it stand with you, little big bear? Like, on A, getting the mile, and B, is is this the real deal? Are you convinced now that this this is that, that it's going to take a, a real amazing... Uh, two-year-old newcomer to to kind of usurp Little Big Bear's performances this season so far. Well, I mean, if you put him away now and went straight to the Guineas, what price would you make him? He would be, I, I would imagine, 
I just I guess eleven to four favorite, something like that, five to two. I mean, you literally can't grab what he's done on the numbers. Um, I mean, I wasn't rating the two-year-olds as high as the official figures this year, which is kind of typical. I'm generally four or five pound behind where where they officially are. Um, my impression force on one or six. For your person fast that one or six the SGV. Monster. You know, you're looking at one two seven already, aren't you? Well, right. Let let's let let's do some number crunching and like let let's look at how if if I was handicapper and I'm better than the official handicappers, they have Blackbeard top rated, for God's sake, in the race of unofficial ratings. Idiots. Right, this is, and, and I've read a lot of tweets about Little Big Bear and saying it's the hype machine. Uh, G Hart's been on saying, saying, you know, this is the typical hype machine. This is not hype. I, I will, I will guarantee you, G Hart, uh, you are wrong on this one. This horse, basically, if if you take a line through Big Gossy, which is the older sprinter, like forget Go. I mean, it's, it's done a similar time to Go Bears Go, uh, which which in itself. Uh, backs that up and I, I read i read even a trainer or someone put oh it, it was only half a second faster than a sprint handicapper they, mm. this sprint handicapper has won by three and a half lengths absolutely gagged up off 80 an older horse so it's not run to 80 has it it's run to 90 at least probably that's on the conservative side you probably say 95 to win a sprint handicap by three and a half lengths so if you take that if you I'll go on the conservative side and say it's run to 90 then, right? So it's £28 weight for age at this time of the year. So if you add the 90 then on to 28, that's 118. If you then had on the half a second faster that Little Big Bear ran it than the sprint handicapper, that makes that puts it up to 124. And probably a bit more. I'm, I'm being really conservative. I'm trying to I'm trying to dumb dumb it down. And then then it, uh, Big Gossy carried a pound more than Little Big Bear, which brings it to 123. 123 is the absolute bare minimum I can get this horse at, on that performance. That brings out like the likes of uh, Persian Force at 103, um, which is below form, seven pound below form. Shartash at 101 might be a little bit under. Bradsell obviously didn't run its race. It stumbled. It missed the kick. It wouldn't have got near that if it had pinged the lids. It wouldn't have got... It just wouldn't have been in the same parish. Um, and physically, it didn't look anywhere near what Little Big Bear is at the minute. So anyone that's crabbing, uh, crabbing this performance and saying this is a hype job, this is absolute bullshit. On the numbers and the clock and the form figures, everything that I get to points to this being one of the highest rated figures I've given a two-year-old uh, probably since Frankel. And and that 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 is that's going some. That's that's that tells you the level that this horse is at. As for staying the mile, I'd, I mean, if we John, let's let's bring the the stride form, stride form, uh, 24.66 uh feet was the stride length in the windsor castle i've got no data on the uh racing uk tracks but certainly 24 and a half that that would suggest as a three-year-old that should be a mile no problem that should that's perfect for a mile so i'd, I'd as, as he matures and progress praise way he, he won the angle seem equally impressive and that was like six and a half furlongs nearly you, you, over seven furlongs right now you wouldn't be worried would you 
You're only talking 300 yards to get up to the mile, aren't you, from six and a half? Yeah. He's, and that, he's out of a bearing there, for fuck's sake. You know. Now, you, you can't really have a lot of worries about the Guinness trip, surely, to God. No. You know. I mean, it's, it's, a weird, it's a weird page. The, the, the family's just not done, done much. They, they've obviously bought this at the sales, I think, physically. They've obviously seen something. And obviously, you know, that's what they've seen, and they've they've paid a lot of money for this at the sales. So, so Coolmore have been ultra shrewd here because there's absolutely nothing to knock this. You can't. There's seriously people that are knocking this. You you need another job. You you just I've I've got to say it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be brutally honest. You need another job if you're knocking this horse or you're saying this is a hype job or this is not the real deal. This is the real deal. I would challenge any two-year-old in training uh, to try and beat this over six and a half, even seven furlongs. Not a prayer. Not a prayer. And it's 123 minimum for me. Like John says, if you take it literally, it's 127. So we're we're massive Little Big Bear fans. Like five to one. It's one of them, really. You could argue two things. Obviously, it's a long time between now now and May. Things happen, you know, you get injuries. Am I taking five to one? No, I'm not. I'm I'm not rushing because I can back a five to one chance at, at Plumpton on a Monday or Leicester on a Wednesday that I think's a five to two chance. So it, there's no point me taking fives right now. But but to say it's a hype job, and I've read I've read certain people saying this on Twitter. Idiots. <laughs> Agreement, John? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, I this. I mean it's provided the substance. Yeah, Every, everything, all boxes are ticked, and and we should be excited by this horse. This is one that that you know, like I, I've given it the best two-year-old rating since Frankel, and I, I find no reason to doubt that on any level. And I'd back this horse if people want to take this on. Fine, take keep taking it on. I'm not bothered. You know, this if this runs over, if they go for the Jewers later in the season, whatever, I'd. I'd yeah, I don't care what turns up, really. I, I, I hate I, giving them marks in the 120s as two-year-olds, but I'd absolutely no alternative with it. Yeah, I mean, it's Persian force. That, that, like I said, that it comes out at losing, what, I think it's like seven seven pounds off his best Persian force to give it something like one, two, three, one, two, one, two, four. I mean, you know, I think the racing post ratings are interesting because they're, they're not only berserkers, aren't they? And, yeah. They've given Persian class 100. Why, why 10 pound below thumb? Yeah, I, don't, I know. It's a strange one. I, I actually think, you know, despite people saying on like on Twitter about this is a hype job, I think they're underrating this. I I, I think it's, it's amazing because when Native Trail came on the scene last year, everyone was going, uh, you know, big bar blitz. Everyone was like, oh, you know, this is absolutely, this is a second coming. And yet with this one, I've seen a mixed response that this is a hype job, and I just absolute the, the evidence is evidence is key, and they're wrong. They're absolutely miles out. Uh, this is an absolute serious racehorse, um, and like I said, I have there's, there's not been a better two year old since Frankel. And so, what does, does O'Brien say? I, I didn't catch it all yesterday. What, what was his reaction to it? You know, what does he say? I didn't hear John. What did he say? He tipped it for debut. <laughs> <laughs> he tipped it on debut. The only one in the rounds where 
He's going, going to throw some early two-year-olders and he says, this might be our first runner, blah, blah, blah. And one of them says, can I have a tenner on each? And he said, oh, a bit more than a tenner if you want. And they were all chortling away. So the lads probably laid the shit out of it on debut <laughs> uh, while all the saps got stuck in and yeah. since yeah. then been raking it in. Yeah. This is the real deal. Folks, if, you, if, you, if you're flat fans... If you if you see a better two year old than this by the by the autumn, I will be well. No, I'll be pretty. It'd be pretty. It'd be a privilege to see a, a, a better two year old because it means we've got something very exciting for for three year old campaigns. But this this is this is better than Native Trail. This is better than Caribus. This is this is the real deal, and people need to accept that. Uh, if you don't accept it, then I'll keep taking the odds when you're trying to lay me or whatever, if you don't believe that this is this is the real little big bear, very, very good horse, um, without question. Okay, we'll move on to the uh, Morris de Geese today, which um, I, I, I'll confess, because no one likes an after-timer, and I did my bollocks on the race because I saw the handicap in the race before, and uh, the... the uh, the low numbers towards the stands rail got absolutely were, were tailed off. So naturally, I I then dutched the the front end of the market that were all drawn high, perfect power, Artorius and uh, Naval Crown. Thinking, trying to be clever, thinking, well, the high draws, you know, I know what I'm doing here, and <laughs> literally leaving the traps, they all migrated towards the centre to far side. So I even said <laughs> after a furlong, I'm fucked. Um, <laughs> in terms of edge, I, I, I wasn't sure whether I was going to collect or not, but I was fucked in terms of my reasoning uh, to go big on the front three in the market. So I was left uh, in my speeders as the tide went out. John, did you watch the Morris de Geese today? I did. I spent most of the time wondering who Morris de Geese was. But, uh, <laughs> I, I, I didn't watch it. Is, is it like the hairdresser type, Van Geest? For the criteria. <laughs> I, I, I actually Googled it. There was a Morris de Geese went down in Flanders, but. <laughs> was it, what was that? Was that a ship? Oh, a battle. A battle. This is the thing. I mean, I mean, we try and find things. Like, I, mean, I mean, John's quirk. When I used to say the criteria stakes in the market, used to be sons by Van Geest and jo- John Adock comes yeah, out, man, comes out with it. Sounds like a sounds like one of these like Kensington hairdressers, you know. Occasionally, Van- <laughs> <laughs> Van- 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 one of these race titles, you know. I just think, well, who is he? You know, I, mean, yeah. I sort of envisions this Maurice Chevalier type fella prancing around on the Bois de Boulogne, but. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, anyway, so anyway, we'll come to the come to the review of the the Morris de Geest uh, over a strange trip, six and a half furlongs for a Group One contest. Again, I read a lot of tweets uh, on on run up to this. Nick Palfrey, uh, who, who's a who's a good um, good contributor to our Twitter feed, uh, he was like all over Artorias saying the extra half furlong. Um, it was it was all a bit disappointing for some perfect powers off the bridle early. That that. Whether that, what was that all about? Perfect power, John. Unfathomably bad, really. I mean, uh, I suppose the July Cup run wasn't what everybody was hoping for, but this was miles worse, wasn't it, really? 
Yeah, it, it was beat after it was off the it was completely off the bridle after about two and a half three furlongs. It was just he 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 go off the Ascot completely bottomed, didn't he? Really, you know, yeah. He teaches all that's absolutely got to bottom of him. He he won't leave him alone for a while. I mean, the, the, some of the reaction after the race that if Highfield Princess. Uh, wins the Morris de Guise, which, by the way, Quentin Franks was very keen on I Feel Princess at prices on the Friday show. You know, he said that's over, I think it was 20 to 1 Friday, or to that ilk. And and he, he was quite bullish, but but I think I think, I think think uh, the the fact that I Feel Princess has won, does it leave like a bit of a, I don't know, a bit of a... Uh, it turns it into a wallpaper result for me. Hmm. Well, it's on the wall, but you don't know, you don't really care whether it's there or not. So. Yeah. Well, this is where I'm gonna. I, 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 I've said I, obviously everyone knew my view on the Friday show about Rohan in the Hackwood, and I was very confident. I was said it's savage order, amazing sectionals at Ascot, and Holly, I think, just got it wrong. She she literally got. I mean, Golf Club was going berserk after the the Hackwood. Um, when she got there too soon, and then got headed by Minzal, and 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 you know the rest was history. Today, Rohan deserves extra credit because it was stall one, which was the worst of the draw, absolutely unquestionably. I know people say, "Well, well, it's on low draws: four, one, eight, five was second, nine were third, one were fourth. No, they all migrated across. So if you have to migrate across, that's a disadvantage for start. You have to you have to go sideways from your draw. You can't. You you have to go diagonal. You you can't run in a straight line, so it's not an advantage. So stall one was dreadful uh, for Rohan today. It latched onto the back of the pack. I've got the uh, sectionals from France Gallop, and stunning, absolutely stunning sectionals. It Rohan was the best horse in the race. It was unquestionable the best horse in the race. It's it did the last furlong eleven point six three. Uh, by far and away the quickest. Um, it's run the last 600 metres, three furlongs, in 33 and two. Phenomenal, savage form. Absolute savage to do that from from that position, I, I believe. And, you know, the, it's not ideal having to move across. And uh, the Haydock Sprint Cup is on the horizon for Rohan. And the 16 to one available is absolutely mustard. You You have to take that price. This will be no bigger than six or seven to one on the day, max. You'd be lucky if it's not. Right, this this horse is in savage order. It's underrated. It, people just think it's Dave Evans. It's dangerous, Dave. Blah blah. This horse is just in being in savage order the last three runs. The fact that it's won the Workingham, it got a bad ride in the Hackwood, and equally today it's it's finished off late, not quite getting there, but. It's had the worst of everything. It's had the worst of the draw. This is the horse to take forwards. This horse should be disputing favouritism or roundabouts with the likes of Creative Force. Haydock suits a closer perfectly because you often get that westerly wind, um, which people don't take into account why Haydock is difficult to make the running over six. If you get that westerly wind to boot on that very day, then You've got headwind for the front runners, and you're there tanking and sat tanking behind the runners. What a bet this is! Rohan, sixteen to one, take it, John, uh, Chris. This is this is the real deal. It's in savage order, and I, I've not seen a better anti-post bet for a while. 
like I said, if it turns up on the day and, and circumstances are favourable, i.e. the wind, or etc. Uh, etc. Et and you know we're not we're, we're not going to daft draw or anything on a wing. I think you just need luck in running to win. That's Rohan Savage order. That's my Morris de Geese. John thoughts. Can't argue with any of that. You know, honesty. Yeah. Um, yeah. The eleven point six three for the last furlong um, just absolutely blew me away because that was that was despite having to make up ground faster than Artorius, uh, it was still faster than Artorius in the last the last furlong. So so everything points to this is a proper. That's this is in Group One shape and. Uh, earlier about the, you, you're right Be, because it's Dave Evans. That's the sort of why you're getting that kind of price. It was any new market yard, even an unfashionable one, that would be half the price guaranteed. Yeah. Oh, our Dave Evans, he's good with handicappers and pulling off the odd touch, but uh, you know he's not really uh, that caliber of trainer. So you know, which he absolutely is. He's a smart guy, but uh, you know you're getting double the odds because it's Dave Evans, but he's you know not in that class in quotes. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's the reason. And the figures don't lie. This is up there with, with the likes of Creative Force. No problem. No problem whatsoever. You just need the look on the day in terms of a decent draw, a headwind ideally, uh, you know, just, just, just to slow them down on the front. And then you can, if you time your run right, you, 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 you're going to win. And uh, 16 to 1 is absolutely ludicrous. Especially when Minzal, they're back, they're idiot, the idiots are back in Minzal, I think into eights, nines, or whatever, you know, because it's finished, what, second. This will piss all over Minzal if it gets a run. I mean, it would have pissed all over Minzal and Hackwood had she, had she not done lung-busting fractions uh, to get to the front too soon uh, in the Hackwood. So, again, just, just absolutely use your brains, people. Rohan, 16s. John, I'm coming on to you now because you've got a corker for the Ebo. Well, I think I have. Yeah. I think you have. Yeah, we, we discussed this earlier. <laughs> Seems like ages ago, actually. It's, uh, <laughs> Pretty recently, yeah. Yeah, so it's only about a week, isn't it? Because um, um, I, I rang Lane Sportsman and I said, uh, keep an eye on this on Thursday night. I think it'll win the Ebo. And I, I didn't say anything that changed my mind. So I've, I've decided to put it up now at, I think, 40 to 1 best price. Um, 50 still with billiard ball, and he's paying five, John. Oh, well, you know. Does he still sponsor it? No, he doesn't Skybet now. In <laughs> yeah, he's packed uh, up now. Yeah, it'd be nice to shove one up with his ass while they're still sponsoring it. Um, <laughs> yeah, um... The horse in question is Licence, trained by Gerlion. Um he's, he's a horse that I've, I've sort of kept half an eye on throughout his career, actually. He's out of a mare called Emollient, who was, was a proper hard-running judgment mare by Empire Maker that would have gladly run up the A19 to get to York. Um, <laughs> Sounder than a brass bell. Um, wonderful performer. I'm proper firm ground in America. Um, if it came up really quick at York, without absolutely no worries whatsoever about this lad, um, he'd be rolling along when a lot of these would be crying enough and wincing at, uh, at the impact. 
he started his career with a six-length win in a maiden at Doran back in June last year. Then he came out this year and only on the second start of his life ran half a length second to Lafayette, who was a bloody good yardstick at the level I think listed class over 10 furlongs. And then he appeared to bomb out when 100 to 30 for a similar sort of race, but it was actually a group two that Lafayette won. He finished last of seven, giving the impression he, he lacked a bit of toe, but there was a veterinary part afterwards saying he took a really good blow afterwards. Then we got a notification he'd been gelded, which again was interesting because I don't know why they haven't gelded him at the end of his two-year-old season, really. I mean, he wasn't really stallion material for me. Um, but he wasn't physically there. And I think what Gurr has probably done is given him time to grow into himself and then had him cut when he's got him where he wants him. Yeah. Um, like you said, Colts... Yeah. Colts will, will grow. Like yeah. the sooner you geld them, they'll, they'll stop the growing, won't they? Yeah. Mm. So I think I think that was quite interesting when he, he chosen to have him gelded around the start of the summer. Then he, he's missed two engagements through unsuitable ground. Once was unsurprisingly when it was soft or heavy at Ross Common, and uh, another one which was a little bit more surprising, uh, good ground at Dramar. But then he, he surfaced uh, last Thursday. And I, I, I did step up and took a few quid at 50s in case he went and did something stupid like won the race. But Colin Kane rode him exactly to my orders that were spinning round in my head, where I didn't want him to get anywhere near the front and just show me that he'd been relishing another couple of furlongs. He did all of that and more. He looked fairly slack before the race. I was highly delighted. I, I rated him £3 below his official figure in that race. I think given quick ground, a strong pace, I think this is probably the only one in the top 25 in the list for the ape that's got the scope to find £10 on his current form. So I've had to have a bet. Uh, I did think twice about putting the arse up today because I have absolutely no idea whether the ape is the target or not. But at the end of the day... You're all big boys, and I don't really give a fuck whether you win money or not. So you, <laughs> you, you can choose to either have a crack or not. Well, you know? I, I mean, I mean, you, you've you've certainly, I, I think you've found one, and, and I didn't, I didn't think that before the race on Thursday, which shows your talents, John, because I, I said to you, and I'll tell you the exact conversation, no lies. I said, "Will this stay?" And John says, "Well, I said that's exactly why." I'm John says I'm exactly why I'm fancying this. I think I think it needs it. I think it needs the uh, the stamina. So you anyone watch that Leopardstown Group Three race? Well, they're talking Cleveland for the Melbourne Cup. Gear up, very useful yardstick. Beamish Drugger Tuve um, in third. You know his horses are just like always out of the skin. And this horse was basically not off. I mean, if you just watch the Leopardstown run, I mean it was it's just. Ah, well, we'll just, we'll just have a little flirt and see where we're at. Maybe, but you'd be Jimmy Lindley, wouldn't you? Yeah. No, honestly, so, 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 like, straight, like, when John said it, I initially sort of, I half poo pooed it. I thought, well, you know, will this stay? It's not got the pedigree, it's not got the, an immediate pedigree to suggest this is going to be a mile, extended mile and three quarters. But yeah, at Leopardstown, it showed it's every inch 
of a of a mile and three quarters. And it also showed a lot of promise as well to suggest that uh, 103 is very fair. And, you know, this could run six, six or so above that, which would be very close in an Ebo. And to say that, you know, this is 50s, 40s, um, this is a very, very good bet. I think John has really done well with this. And He's only against four races, you know. I mean, there's half of these fuckers had 30. Yeah. Exactly, you know, it's so unexposed. So, so yeah, so so it's a, this is an exciting pick, and uh, I hope you all um, have a look at this. Especially, just watch the Leopardstown run, and and I think you'll, I, I think you'll agree with us. I, th- I think you'll you'll see that that this is this has got a got a really really good chance, and I'll be amazed if they don't run John. So I know you're saying, well, you know, because he's all he's also in the um, they've put him in the Irish St Ledger. 13th of August. Which probably wouldn't suit anyway. Sorry, no, no, it's the, it's the, it's the trial, sorry, it's the trial yes, state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I, I just read the first half. So, I'd be, well, they don't, they're not going to run it. Why would you run in that? For, you know, it's, uh, it's it, not. It comes up straight, it, I know, if you think you're going to win a group one, eventually, which, yeah. Irish legs of trial would tend you to think you're going to win a group one, why the fuck wouldn't you run for 300k off 103? Absolutely. Yeah, totally agree. I'll be I'll be astonished if they don't take the uh, Ebor option after that eye catching run at Leopardstown. And the weather forecast set for for two weeks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's it literally is going to be uh, pretty dry ground. Of which, coming to uh, one of our uh, listeners' questions, very funny comment here. Uh, Paul S knows the score. He said the proposed hose pipe ban. Yeah. Uh, and its impact on the mental health of Clark of the courses across the UK. What? <laughs> I mean, this, this it's like it's like it's like the needle in it. It's like the crack cocaine. You know, if you take the watering can off them, you know, hose pipe bands this that. What, what are they going to do? You know, you have to fasten Prosser in one of them rooms with a water feature in, where it's the same half gallon of water going round and round and round, just <laughs> The dog will be hiding, kids will be terrified, your dad's having one in one of his moods, leaving yeah. his own pacing the garden. You know Prosser, Prosser, Cooper. I mean I mean I, you you fear for them, don't you, Chris? Yeah. I mean I mean it's, it's what they're gonna do if they just say you've got to limit your watering or you know Yeah, I mean <laughs> Marathon's better put pacing fucking overtime, I think, but 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 because there's gonna be a lot of very unhappy clerks. I mean, Christ, can you imagine? Yeah, oh, they'll Oh. Yeah, good, good tweet, Paul. S. That yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely some uh, withdrawal symptoms from some of our clerks. Yeah. I like that. Okay, so just covering off finally the weekend, we had some fun on the Friday show, and if obviously I know lots of people don't listen to both, uh, but the the funny thing was uh, on the Friday I had a really funny comment from Linda Perrot, who. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't train many winners as we know she's probably one or two percent a lovely lady by the way and and i know for a fact she looks after her owners and and i've no doubt her owners get a fine price when the land touches um but 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 the funny thing was at the end of the interview from gordon brun she said um oh yes yes we're really happy at the moment because you know things are going well the horses are well and uh, uncle peter's just come back from hong kong and (laughs) and as soon as i I had to rewind it on the sky queue and i'm rewinding it just did i hear that right 
And then when she said, yeah, Uncle Peter's come back from Hong Kong, and then she's just won with the Chinese spirit. She's just won with Mon Hammer at Musselburgh. And I'm thinking, this is a 2% trainer, that, and they've bolted up. They haven't just won. They've, bol- they've, they've won on the Billy Idol, right? So and then, so I made a funny funny tweet on the Friday show saying, well, she's got three runners, well, three or four runners at, uh, on the Saturday night air. And then she goes and lands a treble. And the, if you watch the last one, and you look at the form book and tell me how how that can win that easy. The other, the other two, fair enough. They they got you know they were they were running well and you know. But the last one, you're thinking, you know, it's got it's very average form. It's you know, big P in time form stands for Peter, right? <laughs> Everybody needs Uncle. I could do with a fucking Uncle Peter. I feel like shit. So, I, you know, if he's listening, come round and uh, invigorate me. So, yeah. Yeah. Extraordinary. I mean, that, that, that is, I'm no statistician, but wow, that, that is variance, isn't it? You're right. A, a trainer that, that has an incredibly small strike rate. She, she would, you know, despite being a lovely woman, I'm sure. You know, she one is. of those yards, you think, how on earth do they keep going? They must be subsidizing it from you know, other businesses, or they must have an absolutely incredibly loyal core of, you know, local owners, because, you know, she doesn't win on the all-weather, it's not one of those that, you know, that, that churns out winners on the all-weather, they just don't train winners, and yet, you know, you've got, what, four winners in the space of, what, five? They won't have the Canadian in the last <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, yeah, so we all need Uncle Peter, you know. I, I mean, that's, that's the thing, I, I'm, it was a flippant comment, it was one yeah. of them we... As we know, like, because I've covered this on past sermons, uh, Seth Fish Lake in America that developed the drug that could not be detected, you know, by normal testing, and it was sold to Dubai, it was sold in the Far East. Um, that this this is on this is not conspiracy theories, by the way. This is online. You can see it in the court case that happened. Seth Fish Lake has you know has has has, has gone to prison uh, for his actions in the U.S. and. You know, th- this is this you can you can see. So I'm not I'm not talking conspiracy theory rubbish. This is uh, clients. He said his clients uh, range from uh, Saudi Arabia, Dubai, the Far East, Britain, Ireland was all his clients. And this was a drug that could be detection. Right. So what I'm saying is, I know it's flippant, and I'm not insinuating Linda Perrett. Not, not all. So please don't. don't, don't but I, it's just a bit of fun as well. It's just saying like Uncle Peter's return from Hong Kong. You know, I I. You know, <laughs> it literally is that. And you know, you can read into. In, but but the, these are the things that, as race punters, we have to look out for when we're trying to find bets because naturally. You know, you've got a yard like Chris has just said. It just doesn't train winners, and then they have a five timer in essence of the fancied runners over the two days. So, so these are things to look at and and keep your eyes and ears open for. Read between the lines, like people doing stock market, everything else. You know where there's where there's a little little, little you know where there's a little grift. You know you, you've you've got to you've got to look for them. But it was a bit of fun, and uh, Uncle Pete looked after all and sundry on Saturday evening up at air. Right, that covers the review off uh, nicely, and we're going to go on to some some racing topics of the week. I'll tell you where we're going to start. We're, we're going to start on the obvious one that, you know, I, it's the Shergar Cup and Racing League. I mean, some some have questioned also the wisdom of, of running the Shergar Cup, Racing League, and the Skybet series 
all within uh, sort of four days. Bit of overkill, perhaps. What, what's what's you you guys' thoughts on on all, on all the shenanigans that we've had this week, racing league, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? I don't mind the Sky Bet series being on the corresponding Sunday, if you like, because yeah. that that's not a load of shit. Yeah. Um. You, you know, I mean, you, you can just bet on that as per normal, can't you? You know, you're not you're not looking for team colours or who they represent or whether they might ride tactically or whether Vinnie Jones is going to turn up. Vinnie <laughs> <laughs> Jones and Mick Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, what do we think to the... I mean, right. We know we know we're not we're we're dinosaurs and we're not we're not fan of these formats. But I mean, what the one thing that I've never understood from day dot really with all this these new formats is the colours. I mean, sh- surely to God, you, you'd have, you'd have a set of colours like for each team that was distinguishable both in caps, both in. I mean, what is it all about when you're having to stare at? at, at, at I mean, they've had long enough, haven't they, to make. Team Yorkshire's colours blue with a white rose. Yeah, just just and distinguishable caps. That's all you got to do. Make sure that each each team uh, has a distinct, very distinct, illuminous, if you like, whatever. I mean, it's, it's when I when I used to design my colours, I always you or, or, or for past syndicates or past horse ownerships, I always used to make sure that my cap was had got something different on it. So 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 that if you if you know if you're struggling to spot your horse in a, in, in, a, in a mid pack you could see the cap and you'd know that was you if you, if, if something else had got similar colors so uh, remarkable that with so far down the line with these projects and yet we still produce a set of colors that everyone's staring at them and running and going i can't tell which is which uh is is, is that is that the, you know and it's it's just rem- <laughs> Plus that lay as well. I think I think I made this point on on Friday night. Um, if you looked in the racing post, you didn't know which team your ass was running in. No, that's ridiculous, isn't it? You yes, know. like I said, Chris, you're not backing a team concept, are you? <coughs> the trade paper's not backing it. Exactly right. You know, we've all said previously that racing and punting is not emphatically a team sport. But if you know if you you want, do want people to embrace the concept, at least publish the team details in the in in the racing uh, industry's trade paper. For goodness sake, that that that's absurd, isn't it? It's just I don't know nonsense. Yeah, I mean I mean Ewan Hutchinson's been on, and he said never mind that Shergar Cup bollocks. Um, I'm wondering if Drunky Tadope's ride on the aptly named Alligator Alley qualifies for a Jimmy Lindley. He appeared to find every blind alley on turf more. What I would say to that is, yes, I, I agree. It was it was he'd given up um, because uh, Skidmark had crossed him. I think about a furlong half hours. He was just about to make his challenge, and he probably thought, well, there's a furlong to run. I'm going to look after the horse. So I don't think there was any kind of like not off malice in it. It was just one of them things where. Skid, I mean, I mean, I, if I had a back alligator alley, say if I was the pilot and I had a back alligator alley, in it, as they get off, I, I'd have waited for skid marking car park. I would, I'd have, I'd have, I'd have, I'd have kicked shit out of him. Will he get into Symphony Sprint? Yeah, not sure. Mm. 
Not sure on ratings. But yeah, I think I think he would. Yeah, I yeah, think he would. I think that'd probably be someone to wait for. Yeah. I mean, so fair, so fair play. So you and I know what you're saying, because I backed it as well. Um I had a pre-play bet on it. I, I, I felt I felt it was it was the right race for it, given the headwind at Doncaster that night. I thought it'd get the right ride, which it did. He got the right held up ride, but sadly like I said, I I I just kicked fuck out. I skid Mark in car park and said I said pull 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 them tricks um pull pull them tricks and, and you know you you're gonna get it um because it, that it was a bad trick he really did cross him he he just literally veered and just right in front of him for no reason really he was going nowhere but but yeah it was a, it was a, it was a tough beat for favourite backers there well second favourite second favourite backers but it was yeah it was, it was a tough beat and one to keep an eye on. But yeah, I mean, as as these concepts, I mean, what are we trying to achieve, chaps? Are we are, are we are we trying to achieve more uh, more punters to the sport, new punters to the sport? Is this going to appeal to the youth of the sport? We're keeping the illusion going that the people at the top know what they're doing and they have a plan, and that's <laughs> all it is, you know, because it's going nowhere. There's no way of quantifying how many people are coming back to racing having attended these as the first race meeting. Uh, the usual yearning gimps are on the gravy train with it. Photos <laughs> yeah. of the fucking restaurant at Doncaster, what's waiting for them and all the rest of it. It makes you absolutely sick. They're all takeout merchants. The fact that Mick Quinn was anywhere near it made me blood boil. Um it's just typical, typical BHA codswallop. No thought gone into it and unquantifiable bullshit. Do, do we think do we think the BHA get a bit of a hard time there? No, do we fuck? <laughs> they're, they're, on, they're on good salaries and they do zero. They do absolutely zero. Nothing that they do is quantifiable. There's no sanctions for shit performance whatsoever. When was the last time anybody got all over the goals? Load of bollocks, that. The shirt, the shirt was defending the BHA on the racing debate today with Matt Chapman. He was saying the BHA always get an absolute, you know, shit full of abuse. Yeah, and they always will from this quarter. <laughs> You know, I, I take a slightly different view. I, I don't think they are completely uh, clueless in terms of the sport, but because they're not punters, they don't understand that gambling is part of racing DNA, why people ultimately are attracted to the sport and will continue to go racing on a regular basis. Because, you know, you, you get the team concept and you get sort of pop concepts. You know, these people are not going to become regular race goers. They are going to come occasionally, you know, maybe twice a year or for a stag do or for, for a birthday. But they are not going to go to their local sport because they are not being marketed to as in terms of the gambling. It's marketed as a day out. The whole team concept is, oh, look, it's just like football in the Ryder Cup. No, it isn't. People follow the Ryder Cup and the Ashes because they have a, a common belonging to, you know, England versus Australia. Let's give it to the Aussies. Ryder Cup, let's give it to the Yanks. There, there's no kind of, what's the word, ownership of those teams. You know, I don't know what the names are. I don't know what they stand for. They are not, they're not different enough to, to, to kind of get any kind of brand loyalty or whatever the buzzword is. 
because you know it's totally divorced from gambling and people you know it, it will fail absolutely will fail if, it, if it, you know being measured it, you know no, no one knew what was attracted to racing as a result of the team you know the team sport aspect of the sport yeah it, i mean I, this is the thing it, it, I've said it, the lack of belief in, in the product. It's like a, it's a weakness in society, really. I mean, it comes in real life from government, uh, no backburn uh, uh, to, to rebel against against the antis, really. So in racing's, in racing's terms, the antis or oh, gambling's bad. You know, um, there's no one standing up. On a, on a, on a, you know, the head of the. If I was the head of the BHA, if if I if I was powerless in certain aspects of the fixture list and things, which they are to a degree, I would still be standing up there with a lot of backbone, sticking up for racing's core product, which is betting, and saying it is, and I, and standing there and repeating it and repeating it and making sure I was in the papers, making sure I was on TV, making sure I was keep repeating the line that this is a pastime enjoyed by many. And this is the core reason why we have race goers going to tracks. But, but you, you've got to also question their marketing now. You know, they're looking to appease all the antis. And yet, you know, I think one of the team captains is Mick Quinn. You know, <laughs> that's the, that John said, yeah. I mean, fact, like, you, think, yeah. you know, the fact that hasn't uh, sort of hit the mainstream media means that no one gives a fuck. No exactly. one's aware of it. Because I mean, aware of it, they you know they they publish stories about it. I mean, can, exactly that. Because can you imagine? Let's say it did get a lot of traction. Uh, the racing league appears in the mainstream press, which it hasn't, no. right? And all of a sudden, Mister An- Mister Animal Rights Abuser, um, yeah. you know, then the Guardian do a do a feature on it, and then the racing league then is dead. Yeah. The wider masses, they just go, well, well, that's just disgusting. Totally, but the fact it hasn't been picked up by the Guardian means it, 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 it has no resonance outside that tiny bubble of people who are involved in it. You know, even people in racing aren't, well, we're not terribly clear on, on how it works and, you know, the concept and the overall goal. So, you know, that, that's a savage indictment of the marketing skills of the people who put this together. You know, it's mad. Yeah, it, 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 literally, it literally is. It, I'm all for trying. I'm all for trying different things. But I read another article today um, in the Racing Post on on how to attract younger audiences, etc. I'm just really sorry to report back that it's complete utter shite. I don't know what path people, these younglings are thinking, but literally, horse racing only has one uh, marketing ploy, which is betting. You know, unless. But obviously, race courses have a different view because they obviously class them as like outdoor boozers. Um, but but to, to, to for the product itself, the only way that we can get better audiences into racing is to promote betting. And as we've said on this show many a time, how can we do that when the gambling review is potentially going to stop any fun or any, you know, any, any, any sort of big staking betting action well it's not is it you know i take the view that ultimately the sport is doomed unless there is a complete about term in terms of the, the way gambling is viewed by government I, I can't see it going any other way and I, the only time the bha will jump up and down is when people are heavily restricted uh you know they're, they're walking away from the sport or not betting as much and and, and the funding's uh, affected then the bha will start jumping up and down but by then it'll be too late yeah, John. I mean, what uh, what would you do? I mean, 
the, the race courses at the moment are, are not complaining as such, but they're all reporting falling attendances. You know, people aren't like turning up to the sport like they used to. Do you think they shoot themselves in the foot though, going like like a lot of race courses going cashless, things like that? Absolutely. You've got to cater for your audience, and there's still the vast, vast majority of people want to go racing with a few quid in their pockets and and spray that few quid around, you know, be it with the bokeys at the champagne bar or whatever. You know, I mean, they don't like using the card all day. They don't. They tend not to know where they are if they keep using the card, you know. I mean, if you haven't got a wad in your pocket, you can keep track of it, really. And, you, you know, when you <laughs> start getting to the end of it. Yeah. I mean, good good was a cashless bar up there. I, I pulled out some money and the woman looked at me like I sort of, you know, exposed myself to her. Well, I did that anyway. <laughs> but, but it's like, what's the matter? Oh, it's card only. What? You know, it's, it's mad. But, it, you know, that's the way, you know, society's going. But it's an anathema. Racing, you know, John's right. If you, you if you go racing and you're a bit pissed, it's easier to get into trouble if you're drunk with a card. At least if you've got money, it's like, well, I've run out of money. That's it now. Well, an, an example, you know, let's say you're, you're, you're a few lads on a on a on a stag do even whatever, uh, somebody's birthday. You 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 go to the books in the ring. You have uh, fifty quid on a four to one shot. Um, it wins two hundred and fifty yeah. notes. You get paid out in probably in Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you get paid out, and then you go to the bar and you think right, like like John says, like let, let let's have let's have champers, champers yeah. for all. Go to the bar. No, it's it's a card only, sir. I mean, and, what? And do you, as an individual, so, sorry to rant about this, but do you, as an individual, want those sort of transactions appearing on your current account? Because I've seen tweets from people where, you know, loan companies, mortgage companies, oh, well, you know, what, what what's that transaction? Just well, that yeah, exactly. Gambling is bad. I mean, I mean, I mean, we're we're into territory now where like orange man bad. This, you well, know, it's like Trump. Trump's yeah. bad. Uh, gambling's bad. Yeah, encouraging people to take it easy on the betting front. Yeah. And then the courses are encouraging people in a lot of cases to take their entire life savings onto the track. <laughs> Whilst they're drunk. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say, that, that's like, it's, on ITV racing, it's acceptable. It's acceptable to be completely off your... Off yeah. your yeah, off, come, off come your nuts. Bring your card with all your worldly cash spends on, and you might do the fucking lot. <laughs> and, that, and, and then you need to be protected. If you, but God, God forbid, if you do the lot on an afternoon, you need to be protected. Yeah. Um, I mean, what an absolute load of shit. And this is where I, I'll I'll take issue with the shirt on Chapman this morning, saying the BHA, you know get a lot of harsh stick well they do because if they had a leader that would stand up for the product and would absolutely back this product and say we're not having this this is absolute rubbish um then it might carry some traction in the media the press and all of a sudden you start to shout back against these noisy campaign groups you'd have somebody at the front with some charisma and some bite rather than wallpaper in human form like we've got now Okay, look at daytime TV or, or kind of you know uh, chat shows. How many pro gambling advocates appear on them? None. But you yeah. 
fife you see you see people who've obviously endured uh, hardship as a result but you don't get anybody on those programs standing up for responsible punting why not because there isn't anybody anybody yeah. Incredible that they can wheel out in front of Holly and Phil and you know talk about why why it's a pleasant pastime for the overwhelming majority of people. Yes, you know, vulnerable people must be protected, but ultimately 90x percent of people have a bet and do so, you know, within their financial boundaries. Oh, you know, I mean, we're out in front of Holly, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly not. I suspect that might not be a. Not be a... <laughs> it's never going to run that one, is it? No, no, no. But, but there should be somebody credible, the BHA's media savvy, TV savvy, that they can wheel out to, to, to sort of counter all these arguments. But, you know, because TV companies, you know, always try and get an opposing view. You know, they always say, look, we're having a discussion about X. I mean, I know people who work in the media, you know, so we want someone pro, someone against, you know, and, and they obviously the, 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 the manager's on GMTV once. They have somebody speaking up for fucking pedos, for God's sake. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. That hit the nail on the head. You you could you can uh, have, find an advocate for that sort of behaviour, but not for betting. Why not? Why aren't the BHA pushing themselves to to be part of this debate? Whenever Shilton is missing on TV, there should be somebody else. You know, pro betting, pro responsible betting, countering the argument. But there isn't. So so they have free reign, don't they? All gambling bad. Is it terrible? Blah blah blah. blah. Okay. So we'll we'll finish the show on one question from Martin Coyne on Peter Shilton. (laughs) (laughs) Peter the Great reckons gambling is a problem, but racism is not. He stated that if the English team in his day had a team meeting and 10 voted to take a knee, he would have refused. What does the panel think? Is he a Democrat or an autocrat? He's a (laughs) cunt. Uh, Chief Gammonans himself. I, I mean, I mean, the, the one thing with Peter Shilton. I mean, I, I've not. I mean, the only. I, I can tell a few facts on this case that that I, I don't care if he gets lawyers on me because he's. He, I know I'm right. Um, basically, he was. He, he he was losing money, not not to the amounts he says he was, right? And he's miss. The only reason he stopped gambling was because his missus found his bank. You know, went through his bank statements. And made him, and basically, like, gave him the fucking, you know, the, the, that's it. If you if you don't stop this, the, you know, we're, we're out, and I want you going to gamble as an animal. So, so this is why he's turned into this saint on gambling. That, that, you know, because the... You know, it's a grift, isn't it? That's yeah. It, the job, but, you know, he wheels him out. I mean, I don't know how he's being remunerated, but maybe they have one eye on, on a sort of a... Uh, part of a quango, there have been books written, etc. It's just another grift. That's part of, you know, professional yeah. victim. Yeah, he's, had, he's had plenty of grifting gigs. I mean, he was on that Farage show on JVs, yeah. wasn't yeah. he, where he said there wasn't a problem with race. Yeah. yeah. Oh, come on. It's a grift, you know, and there are professional victims in every walk of life who do rather well out of it. You know, actually, you know, decent salary, talking at various events, uh, you know, with all the X's that go with that, books, you know, <laughs> You know, it's not bad. If you can get profile, you can be a professional victim and make make an income out of it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've, I've hated Chilton ever, ever since he came with this anti-gambling thing because I know for a fact he'd still be he'd still be if he hadn't met the missus, he'd still be betting to this day. I mean, it was literally sponsored by Betfair and everything else, yeah. literally around the same time as when he as when he came out and and. and 
I'll tell you what, Lee, I've got an awful lot wrong in my life. Well, there's two things I'm really proud of that I got thunderingly right, and that was Cornovet. I was with Ovet. (laughs) Jim and Clements, I was with Clements. So, yeah. Oh, Ray Clemens. Cla- so if you were Ray Clemens and Steve Ovet, you were on the right side of history. Yeah, you were on the right side. Absolutely. No, yeah, I can't argue with that. It, 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 it is, a, you know, it, it is, it's hollow. It, it, it's, you know, something to, you know, generate income and profile. And that's, that, that's it. You know, they're not. There's no actual meaningful change being wrought as a result of these TV appearances. You know, I'm sure they're not measuring whether, as a result of people seeing Shelton and his missus, you all better stop gambling now. Nobody knows. No, it, it's it really is. It's it's a dreadful time for racing. But we hope we've covered a few uh, interesting topics there, and we're going to end the show right there. We're going to back on Friday um, with uh, the, some some kind of input tips to people (laughs) (laughs) but uh, we we hope you've enjoyed the show that's uh, all from me John and Chris bye for now